You're listening to the Winged Octopus Podcast, brought to you by Howie's Hockey Tape. Here are your co-hosts, Tess, Tanner, and Tyler. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Winged Octopus Podcast. I am the producer, Greg. It is me and Tyler tonight. Say hi to everybody, Tyler. Hey, Greg. How you doing? How's everybody doing tonight? I'm uh, I'm good. We got a light crew. Uh, we got some stuff Very to go thin. over tonight. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're going to recap our last four games. We're going to talk about Peter in Vegas, the fantastic Mike Green, um, and Zetterberg, also known as Red Wings Jesus. Uh, and we also got some questions today from some of our uh, Twitter friends. So we got a lot to go over. We got a little bit of time to do it. Um, and it's just us, so we can have a, a lovely discussion tonight. <laughs> I want to give a shout-out to our uh, our lovely sponsor, Howie's Hockey Tape. Howie's Hockey Tape is a Michigan product from Grand Rapids that now sells to each NHL team, including our very own Detroit Red Wings. Howie's also sells to the NCAA, the AHL, and the OHL. Anything you need for the locker room, Howie's Hockey Tape has. Give them a follow on Instagram at Howie's Hockey Tape and check out their website, howieshockeytape.com or .ca for our Canadian listeners. Another reason why you should check out Howie's is that when you use the promo code WINGEDO, you will get a 10% discount. Show some love for a Michigan company and check out Howie's Hockey Tape today. Very well done, Greg. I like it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to kick it off here since uh, Greg's scared too. Uh, so so we had four <laughs> games here. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Greg, of course. Um, so we had four games here. Uh, we've seen the good, the bad, some of the ugly. So a 4-2 win against the Arizona Coyotes. Martin Furk scores again. And how about Dylan Larkin's assist where he absolutely dangled the defenseman on the Arizona Coyotes and then just absolutely blazes through the neutral zone and then comes to the faceoff dot and just puts a great pass on the tape of Luke Glendening and he just puts it in the back of the net. Red Wings win that game. Uh, you know, a, a very good 4-2 win against the Coyotes. A 6-3 win against the Vegas Golden Knights. Henrik Zetterberg with four points, putting the team on his back. Gustav Nyquist with two goals and one assist in that game. And then a 3-2 loss at home to the Tampa Bay Lightning. And you know what? They fought back a little bit in that game. Nikita Kucherov just unstoppable for that Tampa Bay team. And then finally, the last game we seen last night, I didn't see a lot of it, um, but I did watch most of it, uh, you know, in the recapped version and everything. A 6-3 loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Jimmy Howard pulled three goals on four shots. They fought back from down 4-1. They didn't start on time. And Henrik Zetterberg with an unbelievable wraparound goal. Absolutely unbelievable. Dylan Larkin, like, from two years ago, wouldn't you say, Greg? Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's uh, freshman Larkin material right there. <laughs> I agree. So, Greg, I, I want to get your thoughts on the last four games, and whichever way you want to do it is fine. Um, I can do a breeze through. Um, Martin Furk, although he cooled off the last few games, um, he was great in Arizona. What I've noticed in the past, and I mean, even if he's not scoring, Martin Furk has been on the puck He's been defensively sound. He's been picking pockets. He's been creating uh, uh, battles along the side. And, and sure, he has a cannon for a shot. But what I think that that he brought over someone like Polkanen is that the defensive side to him and the – I don't like saying grit because we're the, we're the uh, Detroit grit wings. He brings a little bit more of the grit to the team that Polkanen didn't have. I felt like Polkanen was a little soft. Polkanen was a little bit too small too, and that's – 
That's where a guy like Ferk, he might be a little bit bigger. I haven't actually seen just by watching the games. It looks like he's a little bit bigger. It also looks like he's thicker. It looks like he has a bit more hockey sense. I feel like Polkinen was one of those guys that just like to wire shots at the net. I know Ferk does too, but I feel like Ferk's a better hockey player than Polkinen. Yeah, I also feel like Ferk's a little more accurate too. Polky went wide a lot. Ferk seems to be more on target. Yeah, I agree. Do you have any other thoughts? Yeah, the win over Vegas I felt was real good. Uh, I've watched a lot of Vegas. I told myself when when another team came into the league is when I would get my second favorite team, and that just happens to be the Vegas Golden Knights now. Vegas has, and people like to shit on them, um, but they've been solid. Um, I've watched yeah, yeah. most of their games. James Deal, like the real deal Neil, he is the man. Yeah, Kayla's um, boyfriend. Yeah, he is fantastic. That That was a big win over Vegas. The loss to Tampa, I mean, like you said, Kucherov's insane. I didn't I, – I'm not a Tyler Johnson fan, but he – I mean, the, the kid can score, and, and he's doing it again, plus Stamkos is healthy, so they, they may be pretty damn near unstoppable now. The Toronto game, like you said, Jimmy Howard, it, it was just a, a – bet's not Jimmy Howard. It's, it's a Howard no. bad night. But, I mean, Mrazek letting in that goal right after he's put in net doesn't help. Like I, I tweeted out at the beginning of the game, I'm like, we're going to get roasted by Toronto. Uh, and then we got roasted by Toronto, uh, and Abdelkader can't move his ass. But the Zetterberg goal was was probably the highlight of the game, and Zetterberg has, has been the highlight of this season so far. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Um, you know, Dylan Larkin uh, is a guy that, you know, he hasn't put up the points just yet, but it feels like he's right there. You know, I feel like he's he's getting ready to break out. I feel like him and Anthony Mantha are the next guys to break out. You know, I feel like Ferk early on was really good, and Zetterberg has been, you know, good since last year, um, you know, consistently good is what I mean. Yeah. Um, I feel like Larkin and Mantha are going to be the next guys to uh, break out. And I think that would be very beneficial because as you see teams like the Toronto Maple Leafs, they can put up a six spot and they weren't even playing that great last night. That was the second night of the back to back and they put up six goals on your ass. So um, yeah, you know, if you expect to make the playoffs, you better improve a little bit there. My my thoughts on the last four games, let's see how they respond to adversity. And for the most part, I think they have responded to adversity pretty well. You know, the only exception to be in that Tampa Bay game because, you know, Tampa went up two nothing and, and they did they did fight their way back. So I guess it's not really an exception. But once Tampa Bay scored that that second Kucherov goal, and they, they basically put the game away right there. The Red Wings couldn't get in the zone. There's a little bit of ping pong between the blue lines there. And, uh, you know, they really didn't generate too many more opportunities. I think they may have one or two. But after that, that was pretty yeah. much it. What a lot of the analysts are saying, too, is that this is this week coming up is is going to be our trying week because we've got Washington coming in on Friday, uh, Vancouver on Sunday, bu- uh, Buffalo on Tuesday, Tampa again on Thursday. So that's down there, isn't it? Yeah, it's at Tampa. Yeah, that's what I, that's yeah, that's what I mean. I guess my closing thoughts are. They've really battled through some things. You know, Danny DeKaiser hasn't been on the on the blue line, and they've kind of fought through that. They've actually been pretty good defensively, you know, besides giving up the six goals against um, Toronto. Um, yeah. I thought they were pretty good against Tampa Bay. I mean, they weren't good. You know, I think another thing you can take out of these last games, they need to start on time. If they don't yep. start starting on time, they're going to get blown out, uh, out of some of these games. And, I mean, you've seen it last night. Uh, 
Jimmy Howard was pulled and he really didn't have any help, but garbage line change, the, the goal that, you know, nobody's going to stop. Austin Matthews is unbelievable. I don't know was it, who's better between him and Kucherov. I think that, you know, that's an interesting discussion to have. I know a lot of people don't like to discuss wings and centers, but I mean, as a hockey well, player, the, those are two damn good hockey players. Who did uh, who the Red Wings take uh, when Kucherov was available? Was it Ryan Sproul? We got uh, Ryan, Ryan Sproul uh, before Nikita Kucherov. Um, you know what? Yeah. No, I, I do. I, I, just to interrupt a little bit, I think Ryan Sproul still has the opportunity to be a good defenseman. You know, he just hasn't seen any time yet this year. I would love to see him in there over Erickson. I'd love to see a oh. pylon in there over Erickson. I'll take, yeah, a pylon. Grab a kid from the audience. Give me freaking Brett Lepda out there. At least he'll he'll play hard. Yeah. Like Erickson, I feel like just glides out there sometimes. Like the giveaway he had against uh, was that Toronto? No, no, it wasn't. It was against Tampa Bay, and it led to the Kucherov. He's goal. had a giveaway in every team or every game. Uh-huh. Well, yes, of course, but the the costly one was against Toronto the other or against Tampa Bay the other night at home. He, you know, it led to the Kucherov goal, and then at that point, it's game over. Yeah, well, uh, so the last four games, they've been, I mean, that's two wins, two losses, and it's two wins against what people would, some people would consider bad teams, and uh, two losses against what most people consider good teams. So uh, we're falling right in the mediocre line right now, um, but we'll see. I Like, I, I agree with you, Dylan Larkin. I think he's at a point per game right now. He's uh he's sneaky. He's getting them assists. He he'll find his scoring touch. Uh, there was a really awesome article by Craig Custance over at the uh, Athletic that said what Larkin needs to do to turn the corner, and it's it's he has to find that space because people aren't going to give it to him. And when he does that, he'll score like he did his freshman year. Yeah, I, I think Dylan Larkin is still is still finding himself as a hockey player. I think he's. I don't know if you agree with this, but I feel like he's taken to the center role pretty well. I feel yeah. like he, he's um, he's going to continue to improve, and as he gets better defensively, his offense is going to come. You know, he, he's he's starting to focus a little bit more on off on defense, and I think that once he's got that, I think you know then they can start focusing on you know introducing the more the offense into his game and giving him a little bit more um, you know leash um if you will yeah uh and speaking of focus uh looks like someone was focusing on their goaltending in the offseason peter mrazic in vegas three goals against 24 saves which is considerably better than he did last year Uh, yeah even though he gave up that one bad goal in the toronto game other than that he he looked good uh he made uh, some pretty good sliding saves he stopped a wraparound Mrazek looked about as good as you'd ask Mrazek to come in without warming up and uh, after sitting on a bench. So, yeah, you know, Peter Mrazek to me, it's not about the skill. It really isn't. It's about harnessing him a little bit because, you know, like Dylan Larkin, we talked about him. He can run buck wild. It's about harnessing Peter Mrazek. You got to have him, you know, be on his angles because his angles are, are something that, you know, he was pretty good at when he, you know, when he first came here and he had success right away. Um, I believe it was two years ago now um, from about uh, a little bit after Thanksgiving time until like almost after the new year, he was really, really lights out with the Red Wings. We thought it was a future goalie. My key to him is just he's got to learn, number one, the angles, and number two, to stop being so aggressive because 
I know that's his yeah. game, but you gotta you gotta harness that a little bit because there's times where you have to be aggressive, and there's times where you you know you have to back off and you have to stay back a little bit and make yourself look big. Um, yeah. And and there's times where he does that, and there's times where he doesn't. I think he's just got to get more consistent um with with what makes him a good goal you know what i mean he's still young so it's really tough to just say oh no he sucks no i don't think he sucks i just think that he's he's trying to find himself as a goalie if he wouldn't have been so deep in net uh on that goal uh i don't i don't think it would have gotten past him uh the exactly. one in toronto he was just too deep his angles have got you can tell his angles have gotten better it, it seems i think he needs to get out of his own head I think he's in yeah, his own head. I think, so. I think so too. And I think he's a young kid and they, you know, the media asks him a lot of questions. They ask him some stupid questions and some yeah. players can handle it and some players cannot handle it. And, um, happening to him is, uh, is what happened to Howard two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. You know, he's a little snake bitten right now, but I think, I think as the season goes on as he plays a little bit more here and there, I think he is going to get better. And I hope he does because I do like the guy. I met the guy. He was a really nice guy. And not, not that that really matters, but he's a good goalie on top of it all. He's got the skills. He's got the, you know, you talk about goalies and having edge. That guy has yeah. edge. I don't know if you've watched the World Juniors, but in the World Juniors, when he beat the United States, he was jumping around. You know, he's fist pumping. He, you know, he's the guy, yeah. The guy has heart. He cares. He's energetic. You see every every whistle, every whistle, every face off. He's skating around his zone. He's not sitting in the net. He's a he's a loose player, and I've met him a couple times too, and talked to him. He just he's a nice guy. He just needs to. I, I think he needs to focus a little more, and he'll do it. And and what better to uh, rebuild a team with than uh, shipping out Howie, having Mrazek as your starter, and bring up Jared Coral, right? Exactly. Or, or or even you know, at, at some point we talked about uh, off air about um, uh, Keith Petroselli, the guy that the Red Wings yeah. had drafted in the draft. You know, obviously that's going to be a while from now, but you know, a while from now it turns maybe, into maybe not close. You know, it, sometimes it does, it just depends. It really does. Players yeah. develop the other at thing- different speeds. The other thing I looked into too is, and it's been on Twitter a lot lately because I follow a lot of the the foreign leagues. Uh, Joran Van Pottelberg has apparently been insane um, so far this year. He's got like a ninety three percent save percentage, uh, and he's he's doing really well in a men's league. So we're we're stacked. That's we're pretty stacked on goalie. Um, That's goalie future. Sure. So, uh, but if we want to tank for Dolan, just uh, play Mrazek the rest of the season. So uh, we'll go from someone who is uh, uh, middling right now to someone who is just increasing his trade value on the daily, uh, Mike Green. He's got, what, eight eight points now? Nine points? I think it's nine, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. he's, he's goal, got nine. One goal and eight assists. He might reach his, uh, his prime Mike Green point totals. Um, and that will, I mean, like someone, I think it was Kyle uh, from William Motown said earlier, Green's going from getting us a third round pick to getting us a second round pick at the trade deadline. Hell, or even a first at some point, right? Depending yeah, on who, who needs it. Absolutely. Yeah, Mike Green, to me, Mike Green is, is uh, he's a key to the power play. And, you know, he, he's the guy that gets, uh, Tess talked about it uh, on a on an earlier podcast. I think it was the last one we talked, um, the last one we had. She was talking about how Mike Green's kind of taken Martin Furk under under uh, under his wings, so that's a good thing. And um, 
like you said, he's increasing his trade value, which is even more beneficial because yes, this organization does want to make the playoffs, but we have to think big picture wise too. Like Mike Babcock says. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. They want to make the playoffs, but no, secretly they really don't want to make the playoffs. They want high picks, but yeah, green. I, I've seen some defensive lapses uh, where he just can't get to it, but offensively and, and especially dealing that puck to Ferk, like he sees Ferk, he gives Ferk the puck and Ferk scores a goal. Um, oh, yeah. That's the best way you're going to use him. He'll, he'll quarterback. He like, like everyone's saying, he'll, he'll be gone before the trade deadline. Cause he's in the last year of his contract, which will do two things for us. Hopefully it'll get us a high pick and it will also clear what's it? 6.25 million. I think off of uh cap space because Larkin and Mantha are in their contract years. Um, and yep. they're going to, on how they perform this season, are going to want money. Yeah. I mean, it, you got to hope those guys uh, take a step forward, obviously, because, you know, those guys are keys to what this team is going to do. Um, because, you know, we talked about this before. Ken Holland is on the last year of his deal as well. If if the new GM comes in, whether that be Steve Eiserman or whether that be Chris Draper or whether that be somebody out of the organization, I think there's no question that Ken Holland's not going to want to do it anymore. I don't think he's going to want to have to go through a rebuild again. I think that they're not going to re-sign him. I just think that whoever comes in, you know, they're going to want to have a little bit of a core. And if Larkin and Mantha have good years and if FNOCU re-signs at some point, um, and that's going to be really key for them. Yeah, I, I also think the other half of it is I don't think Holland wants to deal with the um, the media bullshit anymore because they're, I mean, the media, the fans, they're on him because for a while it seemed like he didn't know what he was doing, signing Ablocator to huge contracts and signing Darren Helm to a pretty substantial contract and and saying, yeah, we're, we, we know we got to change some stuff. We know we got to rebuild a little bit and then just doing the same shit over and over again. And, and he's finally getting criticized for it. And I think he'll, he'll realize that his, his hopefully he'll realize that his time is up. See what I think is going to happen. And we've talked about this before, um, but I think it's going to be something where like it or not, you know, everyone wants to talk smack about him now and that's fine. It's rightfully so, you know, he's getting older, the game's changing, but you have to acknowledge what he did. He's one of the greatest GMs of all time. He put this team in a great situation for a long time. Yeah, he is probably the best cap era GM. He was probably the greatest cap era general manager. He did a pretty good job. I think Stan Bowman did a pretty good job. Um, pre, pre-cap yes, era. pre-cap. Yes, exactly. Because post-cap, or, or no, during, you know, cap era right now, I think Stan Bowman uh, has done a really good job. And I think Steve Eisenman has done a pretty good job quietly in Tampa Bay as well. But just one quick thing about Ken Holland. If he leaves, he's not leaving. He's going to take a higher job, and uh, he's going to take something less, and he's not going to have to do as much. He's not going to have as much say, and he's going to have an office on at Little Caesars Arena, and that's what's going to be the end of it. They're not just going to kick the guy to the curb. They're not just going to fire him like Dombrowski got fired at the Tigers. No, you know, it's not going to work like that. You know, Ken Holland brought championships to Detroit, not just one, not two, not three, but four, a sliding and chair. almost five. So, you know, you can't just throw that guy out. But no, yeah. he'll, he'll he'll have a comfy office job with a sliding chair and his own computer and hopefully not a really window to the to outside. Do, probably, and, uh, probably not much to do, really. Yeah, but uh, I mean, he, he deserves his next step. Um, he just has to be willing to take it, I think. 
But but speaking of next steps, uh, someone who is not taking a step toward uh, retirement seems to be Henrik Zetterberg. <laughs> uh, Henrik Zetterberg, uh, or or the Jesus of Motown, four goals and four assists. He literally carried uh, the team during a few games. Yeah, he's been he's been everything that we've uh, that we've hoped and dreamed of. I mean, you know, he's thirty seven years old and he's flipping it back as if he was twenty seven or thirty years old. You know, he's yeah. protecting the puck like Yarmir Yager. And you know what? Believe it or not, I don't know if this is old man speed or or what, but he looks fast out there, doesn't he? Not like Dylan Larkin fast or like you know NHL fast, but he looks fast out there. He does. No, he's he's aging veteran fast. Uh, I yeah. mean, like the, game, the game against Vegas where he had a goal and three assists. Um, he he basically won that game for them. And after his back surgery, you're like, man. You, you watch that season, you're like, Zetterberg doesn't look so good. And then last year he comes back and he's great. And this mm-hmm. year he's off to the same start. And I mean, he's, it's, it's classic Zetterberg. And I don't think he'll quit. I think the only reason he would leave is if his health another declined injury. again. Yeah, another injury. Yeah. Um, um, but I mean, Zetterberg's here. He's an amazing mentor for the kids. He puts the team on his back when he needs to. He gets beautiful goals like that wraparound um, to turn the momentum uh, you, you really couldn't ask anything more from the captain of your team. Um, I just hope that the the younger guys are taking note. I feel like at one point in time, fans were starting to sour on Zetterberg a little bit. And, um, you know, I think the media a little bit was starting to sour on Zetterberg. And I feel like that's turned a complete 180 now. And yeah. uh, you know, everyone loves Zetterberg. Maybe not as much as Eiserman or Lidstrom. But, you know, he's still one of those guys. Um, like, I've talked to fans before that said, um, like, I remember having a discussion, like, is Zetterberg's number going to go up there with Datsuk and with Lidstrom and Zetterberg? Uh, and, and oh, yeah. And all this. Absolutely. And before, people said no. Now, I think everyone, just about everybody would say yes, because he's done everything you've hoped and dreamed of. I've had to convince people that Zetterberg should be in the Hall of Fame. And that's not something you should have to convince people. Um, he's one of the most undervalued, underappreciated players in the league, I believe. They don't talk about him like they talk about Crosby and uh, Malkin. They don't talk about him like they talk about – because a lot of these kids are younger, like Taves and Kane, and, and they'll rave about them all day, McDavid. But when you look at Zetterberg season over season, I mean, it's – name me a better captain. Who's a better captain in the league right now than Henrik Zetterberg? It's tough. It's it's really tough. I mean, exactly. uh, I mean, the only guy that I could think of, and you might think I'm absolutely nuts for this, but and we may not like him as as fans and you know as podcasters, but Zdeno Char has done a really good job with the Bruins for a long time, and you got to give it to him. I don't know if he's better than Henrik Zetterberg, but he's done it for a longer time. Uh, Sidney Crosby, obviously. But I mean that that's just skill wise. I don't think he's the captain because he motivates the team. I think he's just uh, Chara, the best player on the team. Yeah, Chara has has also declined a little bit, and by a little bit, I mean considerably. Yeah, he's, he's not, not as good as he once was. Yeah, but I mean as a as a leader, and he's in the same age group as as Zetterberg. But as leader qualities, I think that's the last great like there's is is what's happening right now with with people like uh, Chara and Zetterberg. I think we're going to move on to our uh, our Twitter fan question uh, segment. So we're doing something a little new now. We're going to 
pick three Twitter questions to uh, answer. And uh, we actually got some pretty good ones. We're going to start with from at Mikey is viral. Uh, so what's up, Mikey? He is asking wings performance is welcome to the show or welcome to the foe. So is it fake or is what the wing are, is what the wings doing right now uh, real? And I say after the game in Toronto, uh, what the wings doing is real. We're going to win some, we're going to lose some. We'll, we'll lose more than, uh, than we win. I think the performance from the young players is real and so are the results. Yeah. So um, I think, yeah, I think you're right. It's a little bit of both. They've, they've played pretty well. Um, I think they're going to be a resilient team. I mean, you get that right away. I think they're going to be a real resilient team. I think they're going to bust their ass. Um, they seem to be less lackadaisical than most teams uh, or most like the last two Red Wings teams. Um, so I, I guess that's a good thing. The other thing I would say is, like you said, that you know the younger guys are doing a really good job, and I think that's going to go get better and better as the season goes on. And for me, it comes down to: Are they going to be able to take that step forward? And that's the key question there. It's um, it's a little bit of both, but I, I would say it's welcome to the show. I think uh, I think they're going to be uh, they're going to win some games. They're going to lose some games. Yeah, I'm going to go with welcome to the show, too. Uh, you know what you're seeing from Jonathan Erickson is real. Uh, it's real bad. <laughs> you know what you're seeing from Mantha and Larkin is is real. It's real good. I don't think, could you consider fake? Um, is, is there anything that they're doing that I could consider fake? I think, uh, call me crazy, I think their power play is going to be better than it's been so far. If they are any good, any buyouts this summer, and the only person I could see them buying out is Erickson, honestly. I don't even think it's possible now. I think he's got a no movement coming up here. Um, or maybe not. Maybe maybe they just don't want to do it because they have the, uh, the uh, Stephen Weiss one that they're still paying for. So I'm not sure. that the, Erickson would be the only one that I can think of anyways. I'm, yeah. From at Red Rogue 71, what does it take to get Erickson out of the starting lineup? I'm going to say uh, it, it will take... Uh, Jeff Blaschel to go watch a VHS tape of Old Yeller and uh, rinse and repeat. But I, my problem with and it goes back to my my one of my problems with this team is they're too loyal. See, but I don't even agree with the fact that like people say he was good. I never remember him being great. Like I remember him being serviceable, but that's not good. Like you want defensemen like his his size to be way better than good are serviceable and he's been downright terrible like the last five years or so yeah erickson uh if he gets injured like even if he gets injured and they kick him out of the lineup they don't have any cap room to replace him so i don't know what they're gonna do well here's my thing with erickson i don't understand what it is that he has against them i don't know what it is i i really couldn't tell you but they need to figure it out because this guy it, it what really what it's going to take realistically is Ken Holland to, you know, move on to the front office, you know, Jeff Blaschel loses job or realistically pretty much only Ken Holland leaving and the new GM, you know, not really giving a crap about the players that are on the team now. Um, and I think that would be the only way that he ends up getting it, getting out of here. I will say another thing, this off season here for the Red Wings, I think is going to be sneaky important, like depending on what happens with the GM situation. And, um, you know, if the GM wants to hire his own coach and if the GM wants to uh, bring in his own players and, you know, trade some of the crap that we have here, if he can get rid of it. Uh, so, I, but 
ultimately, I would say Erickson, the only way he's gone is if Holland's gone. Yeah, they're not going to, they're not even going to think about benching him. I mean, I really don't think he could do anything bad enough for them to bench him. Uh, the um, only way is if he gets hurt. Yeah. And even then, he has to, he has to get hurt enough to be put on long term injury reserve to clear cap to bring up a Griffin. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on to our last Twitter question um, from at Athena. See you later which uh, actually might happen. Uh, do you think Larkin and Mantha can keep up the scoring as the season goes on? Tyler, I'll let you start this one. Yeah, I think, uh, can they keep it up? Uh, yes, and I think they're going to get even better, as I've said before on this podcast. I think that they're, they're a tandem here, and I think those guys are going to be the future of this team. And if they can continue to uh, improve, like I said, Larkin defensively, Mantha, he's just going to have to continue his offensive, um, uh, you know, production. And I think he can. I think he can be a guy that can be a 30, 35 goal scorer. Even twenty five would probably be, you know, serviceable enough for them. Yeah. And um, you know, I think yeah. ultimately it comes down to are those guys you know, going to take the next, next step forward. And I've talked about that before, but yeah, I think, I think they're going to get better. I think they're going to get better and better and better. Yeah. I think I agree. Um, I've, I've put Mantha in that 30 to 35 goal uh, range within the next two seasons, this season or next season. Um, I, I mean, I, I'd, I'd be shocked if he didn't score 25 this season. Larkin, I, I think he's more rounded. I think he'll be in the 20-goal range, 22-30 in the middle. Um, but he'll get a lot more assists. He'll make a lot more defensive plays. He's just a more well-rounded player. I mean, you're they're training their next captain. I mean, you saw, if you didn't see, he went after Tatar scored his, scored his 100th goal. Larkin knew when Larkin went and got the puck for him. Larkin brought yeah. that puck back to the bench. It's leadership stuff. Do I think that they'll keep scoring like they're scoring now? Um, I agree with Tyler. I think they'll keep going up. Mantha's got a lot to prove. He is very intelligent. He realizes what he needs to do. Um, he knows, and, and they even asked him, they're like, well, did you did you have a realization on what you need to do? He's like, I always knew what I needed to do. It's just actually coming in and doing it every day. Exactly. So he's got the determination to do it. Um, so, yeah, I think they're going to get better. Uh, they, I, I don't think they can go down. I don't think it's possible. I did, no, I just have one question for you. And, and, you know, early on, the offense has been really good, um, better than last year. Do you think that's going to continue or you think that's going to be something that will come back to the pack a little bit? If you get Nyquist and Tatar going, Tatar, I, yeah, I feel like Tatar has had just bad luck. Um, he's had a lot of chances. Uh, he whiffed on a puck a few games ago with a wide open net he just couldn't mm -hmm. lift it same thing with Nyquist if they find their scoring I don't think offense will be a problem I think defense is still our whole so we could score five goals in a game but if if our defense lets in seven we're not going to win them at least we're going to be an exciting team to watch if we start scoring a lot of goals I'm, I'm yeah I'm totally fine with that through through a, a mini rebuild or whatever you want to call this yeah. period I feel like right now we're a little bit in a lull Right. Yeah. You know, the current GM only has one year left on his contract. He's in the last year of his contract. Yeah. You have um, a 
coach that you don't know if he's going to be the future coach. You have a bunch of players that are getting older. You have an owner that just passed away, unfortunately. Yeah. You feel like you're a little bit in the lull. What's going to happen with the GM situation? What's going to happen with the coach situation? You just moved into a new building. That just makes it kind of awkward, yeah, I mean, doesn't it? Um, so you're in a very weird situation and it doesn't really get better until you get a new GM or, or, or Holland gets extended, which I don't think is happening. Yeah. I said this earlier too. Like there, the fan base is going to be real tired after this season. They're going to have to do something to, to reignite the fan base in the off season, whether it's, uh, try and steal Eiserman away from Tampa or buy out a couple players and bring in youth or make a big trade. They're going to have to do something because we got a new arena. Um, but after this season, that arena is not really sparkly and new anymore. Exactly. Um, it's just another hockey arena where if the, if the teams, you know what though, I will say one thing about Detroit sports and uh, you know, this might not hold true at the new arena just yet. Detroit sports, they, they're pretty loyal and they, they, they support the teams really well. You know, the Tigers, yeah. the Lions and, and uh, you know, the Red Wings, obviously uh, the Pistons I'm going to leave out of it for now because they just moved downtown. There was empty seats last night and they you know, won. there's been, there's been empty seats at the Red Wings game too. Uh, but there was a lot of empty seats there for opening night. And I think it's just going to take some time from them, you know, moving downtown uh, for people to get used to it. So I'll just leave those out for now, but I feel like it doesn't matter what happens when the Red Wings are, are good or bad people support them. When the Tigers are good or bad people like them. And when the, yeah. when the Lions are good or bad, obviously people support them. So yeah, forever the, the city supports the teams i'm yeah. not going to tell you that the state itself supports the teams yeah so uh the there's a follow-up to the question too and this is what we're, we're going to kind of end with pick a person who do you think could be playing better than they have and you the rule is you cannot pick jonathan erickson okay i like that rule you go first i want to see you who you pick <laughs> who could be playing better um Danny DeKaiser, when he comes back from injury, um, he had a rough year last year. The year before that was was decent, um, but everyone just crapped all over him last year. He wasn't very good. I think a, a lot of that was pairing him with Cronwall. Um, if we can get him with a younger kid, get him, uh, get Cronwall out, get someone up. And, and Danny DeKaiser, I think, has a lot to prove for making the money that he's making. So well, I think defensively, Danny DeKaiser. Here's just one thing I'll add about DeKaiser. I really like DeKaiser. You know, um, he's one of my favorite players on the team. But with that being said, you know, he was terrible last year. You know, he, he could be a lot better than that. And he, he'll tell yeah. you that himself. But to me, there is a lot to it, right? You know, they had him play with Mike Green a little bit last year. And, you yeah. know, Mike Green's not great defensively. Before, who did they have him playing with when he, when he was doing well? Kyle Quincy. So they need to put him with someone similar to Kyle Quincy. Maybe maybe Trevor Daly would be a good fit. Yep. So, Daly's, uh, uh, Daly's been fast. Daly's been, uh, Daly's been pretty electric. And, and well, I think if phenomenal. you – if you pair him with DeKaiser and DeKaiser, DeKaiser got a pretty good shot. If DeKaiser can just put pucks toward the net and let Daly kind of worry more about defense while he, he refines his game, um, I, I think he can do it, but he's my pick. Who's your pick? I think a guy that can play much better than he has so far, and uh, this is going to come to a surprise a little bit, but I think a guy like Gustav Nyquist, I think he's a guy that I've been saying this for the last few years, 
Um, when when Nyquist and Tatar both get hot, there's there's very guys that that don't compare to them. Um, I agree. It, it's so it's so weird. The situation is so weird between those guys. But Gustav Nyquist in particular, I think he can put the puck in the net a hell of a lot more than he has so far, and I He's think he will. It. I think he will. He's proved it. Yeah, I agree. That's that's my pick. Otherwise, yeah, I, other than that, I think everyone's played pretty well. Um, even Nyquist has played good, but you know, I'd like to see him play a little bit better than he has. Yeah, I I mean, it's you really couldn't have – you could have seen much worse to the start of this season. Yeah, I just want to see a hockey season, you know. I want to see exactly. them be a decent team early on, and then if they fade at the end, they fade at the end. You know, that's fine. Miss the playoffs, I, get a pick, and uh, you know, move on. Yeah, I, I I also don't want to see 500 man hours lost to uh to injury. Injuries, so. yeah, no, yeah. yeah, that's pretty much it. Keep an eye out for the article that I'm going to be writing pretty soon. That's all I really have. Yeah, I think we're going to shout out our Twitter tags. Uh, yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Tyler underscore Seeley. You can follow also follow the Winged Octopus on Twitter at Winged Octopus, and you can like us on Facebook. Also follow us on Instagram, and we have a Snapchat, Winged Octopus, as well. Yeah, our podcasts uh, are also now on Stitcher, so uh, Stitcher's a pretty popular podcast app. Thank um, you, Greg. Yeah, I figured all that out. That's fun shit. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Bringing the Wing. Um, I also do some Twitter takeovers for the Winged Octopus account to live tweet. Um, we try to live tweet every game, and uh, I try to make it a little bit exciting. And guys, um, one one last yeah. side note: send us your questions. We want to hear your questions. We want to answer your questions uh, because eventually we want to do a live show where we answer nothing but your questions at rapid fire. So please send us your questions, and we'll be happy to answer we, all of them. We love you, and we want to talk to you. Absolutely, and we want you to talk to us. But uh, that does it. I think that does it, Tyler. Yeah, stay classy, Hockey Town. Go Wings. Beat the Caps. It's a gauntlet game coming up here. Um, a Friday night, not at the Joe, at Little Caesars Arena. And, uh, we'll see you there. <laughs> Good night, everyone. That's a wrap on this episode of Winged Octopus. Make sure to give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat, as well as like us on Facebook. You can also find our podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. We thank you for tuning in and hope everyone had a great night. Stay classy, Hockey Town. Just a smile.